0: Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR, producer Amber here, and I just wanted to lead you back in to part two of our conversation between our KCRAR and Heartland MLS presidents. Um, This year, that is Michael Pierce leading KCRAR and our host, Alex Gehring, leading Heartland MLS. So if you missed the last episode that came out two weeks ago, you'll definitely want to check that one out first. And as a reminder, this is actually the second time that we've had Michael Pierce on the show because he served as Heartland MLS president in 2020. So if you want even more background and history on your KCRAR president for this year, you can go back and listen to that episode, which would have come out toward the beginning of 2020. Fun fact, actually, I think that was one of the last episodes that we recorded in studio before COVID hit. So... This one you you might notice, is recorded on Zoom, as have been our, all of our episodes since the last time we had Michael on. So uh, please enjoy. This is part two of our conversation between presidents.
1: So one of the things that you and I have talked quite a bit about, I, I am miserable in the current weather environment, like this is too cold for me right now. And even though we've had like a super mild uh, winter, really, like it's been pretty, pretty reasonable. I absolutely hate how cold it is. I can't handle one day of this, like two or three days miserable. It's going to be 50 tomorrow. Still hate that. Still too, too cold for me. Okay. You love cold weather. And you have frequently told me that that's partially a result of of some of the things that you experienced in the military.
2: Yes. When I was in the infantry, you know, we sleep outside. I was either way too hot or way too cold most of my time in the military. And if I had to pick, I would rather be way too cold than way too hot. I've lived in the Mojave Desert. I've lived on the mountains in the Balkans. I mean, snow covered. I've lived in both extremes. And I could tell you being way too hot is the worst to me anyway. (laughs) But either way, I don't like to be, now I live my life where I don't like to be uncomfortable with my temperature either way, but I'd prefer <laughs> to be cold than hot. Very
1: good. <clears throat> well, and for you, for your uniform, for, for wearing a suit every day, it's better when it's cold, I'm sure as well. So there, there is that. So Absolutely. So
2: what, this is, the um, Bobby normally asks uh, something about books. We missed that part. <laughs> wait, 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 I always mention book? What book did you, what book are you reading or what do you, tell Uh, us actually, well, you're probably on baby duty 24 seven right now. Well, yeah, we, we've got
1: maybe not 24 seven, but, but there is baby duty, um, right now I'll have to like, go grab it. It's I'm reading a history book right now, which I think, you know, that I thoroughly enjoy history. Um, I don't remember what the name of the book is, but it's very long. Uh, it's way too long, actually, and I haven't been able to read enough of it. Um, I think, oh, it's called "These Truths" is the name of the book. It's actually, it's been really solid. Um, it uh, it's sort of a, a updated take on a people's history, if we're being honest. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's it's good. I, I've enjoyed it so far. Um, and then um, there's a, another one trying to remember what it's called i can't remember right off the top of my head but these truths is the one that i'm reading uh, right Truth. at the moment yeah
2: well what, what about you bobby will be proud because you you did your part to do the book club portion of the, the podcast <laughs> I did. but i uh, did
1: i these truths is not a real estate book and probably can't be applied to to real estate too terribly much but it, but it's a good one
2: to get sidetracked a hair but uh, i don't read a lot of real estate books anymore. They're all because, the same thing. Because what I found, and I'm not trying to be negative here, but what I found is this could have been an email. Like you, yeah, you have a hundred, 150 page book that literally absolutely. could have been 12, par- 10 paragraphs, if that. But um, I... Atomic
1: Habits, which, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a good book. Like it's a fine book, but that's a perfect example of uh, of a book that probably could have just been an email. But it's it was all the rage for the longest time. And I did read it. But the anecdotes, uh, but other than that, you know, it's like, it could have, I've read it 15 other times and other books too. Yes, It's so, it's all the same
2: stuff and could have been much shorter. Yeah. There's a lot of books like that, which is is fine. I get the gist of it, but after, you know, chapter three, I'm like, okay, cool. Got it. (laughs)
1: Reaches a new audience. That's what we'll say about those books. That's good.
2: Yeah. I'm not trying to be negative, but I've been on a fiction binge right here or recently and uh, I just finished um, The Institute by Stephen King. Oh. It's not crazy scary, so don't worry. Okay. But if you like fiction, it's about, um, without spoilers, it's about children with telepathic abilities. And they, they get captured by the secret organization and used as weapons. So it's uh, it's it's long, but it's, it is a good book. And then Danielle has opened me up to, I just downloaded it and I haven't. Listen to it yet it's called a deadly education hmm. which is basically you wouldn't like it alex because i know you don't like fantasy but uh, it's basically like harry potter except for the schools trying to kill the kids is what the synopsis <laughs> that that danielle told me so we'll see how that one goes
1: <laughs> now, to be clear some is okay I, I just can't it's not my favorite thing in the world i'll I don't know. I know that you love Harry Potter and I like Harry Potter just fine, but I like Harry Potter more because of the time that I grew up than like, like the fact that I think it's really solid literature. It is solid I'm, literature. <laughs> I'm just being honest. What about, okay, now it's sort of derailing, but I, and
2: you don't really watch much TV, do you? Uh, sometimes. What What have you been watching? When you tell me I have to watch something then I, you know, you forced me to turn it on, but I, I recently was watching, um, uh, Dexter new blood. I don't know if you, if you ever got into Dexter, the old series, but, um, if you like the old one, then the new one is very similar except for in a different location because it's it's new because there's new blood, new blood. It's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. I'll check it out.
1: I actually you, I heard you talking about it, uh, about a month ago. And I had to go back and rewatch some of the original series because it really had been it's been quite a while. And I don't know that I watched the whole thing. If I'm being honest with you, I've been watching uh, Yellowstone, which is totally the most basic bro thing for me to do. Uh, but it is so good. It's fantastic. And then I've been watching uh, 1883 as well, which is the prequel. But it's like uh, it's like the Oregon trail game put to screen. And it's so awesome. It is fantastic. Highly recommend it. Um, but it's also the reason why I've, I've been trying to grow facial hair, which I famously cannot do. Um, and Sarah doesn't like it a whole lot. And she accused me of watching too much Yellowstone and thinks that that's why I'm growing out my facial hair.
2: Did you said it? You said it's, it's like the video game Oregon trail. Yeah. So you just 1883 is. dysentery.
1: Yeah. There's lots of dysentery people falling off covered wagons. Um, they're having to ford rivers. I mean, it's dope. It's check it out. It's so good.
2: Really, I mean, really well done. And then this week, this past weekend, I did watch um, the French dispatch, Wes Anderson. That was, if you like Wes Anderson movies, that's it's good. It's a okay. Wes Anderson movie. They're all the, they're all the same. <laughs> all right, I'll check it out. Well, all right,
1: let's get back to real estate. You know, the Yellowstone's a little real estate related though. I mean, there's like a ranch. They're trying to like get the land and all. Amber's giving me a look to move on. <laughs> what challenges are you anticipating in your term? So this year, are there is there any big challenge that you're looking, you
2: think is coming down the pike? I think the biggest challenge is just to make sure that everyone continues to be focused on the big picture of what we're trying to accomplish, kind of like we mentioned earlier, because at times in a board of director meeting, it's easy for people and it's natural, but it's easy for people to start delving way into the weeds. And that's not the function of the board of directors. In order for us to make decisions that are best for everyone on a high level, you can't dive into the weeds. Um, And then I think another challenge is making sure that everyone focuses on, even if it's something they don't agree with, like we talked about earlier, focuses on keeping, don't come in with a preconceived notion as to what you believe the answer to this problem should be, listen to the objections from other people, and make a decision that you feel is best for the membership as a whole, not just your own personal interests or your company's interests, or just because you came in with that preconceived notion and you won't shift away from that. And I guess the last aspect, which has something to do or is similar to making sure we don't get too far in the weeds, is at times you have all these committees doing committee work and doing great work, and they spend tons of time accomplishing, they they put a product forward, whether it be an initiative, I'm just going to use the word product, they bring a final polished product forward to the Board of Directors. And instead of deciding to vote on that product and ask questions, we start delving back into every conversation probably the committee already went through for days and days and days in order to come to the conclusion that they did. The committees are diverse. There are people with differing opinions all over the place. And they push forward things that have won out and won the majority vote. And then they get to Board of Directors and we're like, wait a minute, let's, Let's rehash everything that has just been probably all the work that's been done and sometimes completely upending that. I would like to just remind the board of directors while we're there that we don't do that. We try to understand, ask the questions, make sure that you're informed enough to make a decision that you want to make. But let's also not take a committee's decision and start to decide how do we basically turn the board of directors into a task force or a committee.
1: Absolutely. No, I hear you. And obviously that happens at the multiple listing service as well. I I would say for for us, probably uh, to me, one of the biggest challenges that I know we faced last year, and I think we're going to face it again this year, this marketplace is hard right now. It's not an easy market. When inventory is as low as it is, tensions get high and uh, people want a policy for everything. They so, uh, people simultaneously want the MLS to react with a policy and stay the hell out of their business. Like they want, they want both things at the same time. They either want nothing at all, and then in the same breath, they want a policy that keeps so and so from doing this, that, and the other. So I think one of the things, it's similar to what you're saying of keeping focused. One of the things that um, I feel like we will always have a have some difficulty with as long as inventory is as low as it has been is making sure that those tensions don't drive policy decisions and they we that's kind of like reacting out of fear when we've got these massive you know dis- discrepancies of the way that we you know different ideas of how we think things ought to be done within the marketplace and then you throw it to the board Uh, or the MLS to make a decision on who's right and who's wrong, I think that doesn't work. That's not a good way to make policy, not a good way to make decisions. Um, And that's one of the things that it's difficult to make sure that the membership understands that. It's not that we don't uh, agree with you. It isn't that we don't think that some of the things that are being suggested are, are valid discussions to be had. It's just that, believe it or not, we don't want the MLS to be creating a ton of different policies for every situation under the sun. We don't want that to be the case. We want to make sure that our that the independent contractors that subscribe to our services are able to market property the way that they see best see see best fit to market the property. Does that make sense? Yes, of course. I mean, that's what that's what everything is really all about. Um, And getting the membership to um, to uh, resolve some of those issues uh, between their brokers or, you know, with just a phone call to one another and and figure out a solution to some of these problems. I think that's the best thing that can happen. But, you know, we've been having that discussion for years that we all just need to pick up the phone just a little bit more and have conversations. We just, I I think you don't want the MLS to make all of these rules and all of these decisions uh, for you. So anyway, that's I I think that's a consistent battle. I'm already, I know you got a bunch of calls when you were president of MLS. I'm already getting a bunch of calls about things that need to be changed and this, that, and the other, and all these crazy things that we need to change about the system. And, And again, I don't necessarily disagree with it all, it's just that we probably don't really want MLS dictating policy for one market when a year from now, it might be totally different. And y'all want, you know, might want something different. So I think just simmer down on wanting all these changes. That's what I think. It's,
2: it, is diff, it is kind of like making your, I agree with you on the KCRR side. We, we see that a little less because on the MLS side, there's so much constant interaction with basically the right. competitors that it opens up the opportunity that I I was wronged or I didn't like the way this transpired. And I'd like a rule in place so that can't happen to me again. And I don't discount those opinions. I understand where they're coming from on the high level. To your point, there's equally, if not more, amount of people that are saying, Why are you making so many rules constantly? Right. Exactly. I can't even keep keep track of it. So you walk that that thin line. It's, it's like, I'm walking through my house thinking I have so much freedom in this house. It's everything I've ever wanted. And then I find a mouse in the corner one day and I, and you say, what should I do? And I'm like, well, I burned the house down. (laughs) Like that was the only option. Like you can't, can't make decisions based on emotion and we'll never have a marketplace where everyone just gets along with everyone in every scenario. And there's a rule to fix everything it is a a constant balance. And on the KCRR side, we do have some of that. It's just not as prevalent because, you know, the MLS is is the marketplace for competitors to work with one another. And you're going to have a lot more times where that it could become adversarial when it doesn't need to be to your point. Maybe a phone call could have fixed this. Maybe just an open line of communication could have fixed this problem. Well, let's be honest. The National Association, has, has dealt
1: with things like this, uh, you know, recently, and uh, they've made a rule based on one contingency's thoughts and, uh, the entire other rest of the group, uh, doesn't agree with it. And was it necessary to make the rule not up to us to, to discuss that, but, but that's the question, you know, like you say, do you want to, do you want to change everything, uh, and, and make things harder for people to practice real estate? That's the question, I guess. I don't know. It's a, just food for thought, I guess. Yes, and we have,
2: it is also difficult because you kind of get patchwork rules put in place. So this rule was put in place to prevent this and then right. the, the unattended consequence was now people were doing this and so now we got to- Now put, we need another rule. Yeah, we need to put that rule on top of that <laughs> one. And it gets really complicated and I- there has, there has to be rules in place for KCRAR and MLS at the same time. If we could make, if we could empower the members to succeed in the easiest way possible without us being in their way, that's the perfect balance. It's just how, what level is that? Because you yeah. don't want us in your way when you feel we're in your way, but when you feel maybe there should be a rule that it's what you really want, then you want that as well. So, on the, on, on the high level, we have to balance. How can we stay out of our members way? How can we help them succeed without constantly being in their way, making their life more difficult, right? We don't like finding people contrary to popular belief. I mean,
1: I don't think anybody, no, we don't like that. That isn't something that we, we enjoy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. So we don't make us make a bunch of rules where we have to find people. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, we're kind of coming up to the end of the hour that we booked with you, and, and your and your time's important, and so and Bobby would want this question asked. It's an important question. Okay, then I'll ask it. Okay, all right, you got it. You know the question. I think so. Yeah.
2: Okay. What should I have asked you that I haven't asked you already?
1: I love the 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 bob of the head while you're saying it. Like you're super animated while you're saying it as well. I'm, I I hope that I hope that we're recording the video so that Amber can send that to, to Bobby.
2: <laughs> I am channeling my inner Bobby Howe right now.
1: I'm impressed. Um, uh, I was going to ask you first so that I could come up with something while you were talking. Um, so, so I've got to think quickly here. Um, uh, you know what? The, I'll just say this. I'm really excited about the group of people that we've got on the board of directors this year uh, for MLS. I think we've got a, a great group of people. We've got a, a mix of production. We've got a mix of roles within the industry. Um, and I, I really think that we've got a, a group that's gonna put together some really uh, uh, good, good conversations and keep everything on focus and uh, you know improve things for the members and, and keep a steady hand while doing it. So I, I'm excited about that. Um, got a great group of
2: people, um, so. Well, what about you? Well, that wasn't really a question <laughs> that I could have asked, but. Well, that, the question,
1: the question, was, how do you feel about the, the group of people that you're going to work with for the next year? You know, that, that was the question that, that oh, okay. you should have asked. Yeah,
2: just, yeah. just leave my question under the rug. It's fine. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so I, I would guess, um, you know, what do I believe the marketplace will look like this huh,
1: year? Yeah, that's good.
2: So I'm not clairvoyant, but let me pretend that I am. I, I do believe we're going to see much of the same. I know people have said, you know, we're approaching a bubble and all of these things. I, from my experience, um, because I've, you know, I was in the Great Recession and dealt with all of that, as many people listening did, we have highly qualified buyers purchasing these homes. We are not in anywhere near the situation we were in when uh, the Great Recession happened. Uh, so I do believe we'll be more of the same interest rates will be higher, but we have to... Inventory numbers are so low that there is absolutely no way I think we'll switch to a balanced market anytime in the foreseeable, near-term foreseeable future. So the interest rates are going up. You think that's a big to-do or not? So obviously the cost of homeownership uh, will be more expensive. Um, I don't believe we may see the appreciation that we've seen over the past couple of years as far as annual appreciation, but the, for, to me, the inventory is still so low that it's going to take time with higher interest rates in order for us to get to a point where we have enough inventory versus buyer demand that we would even get close to a balanced market, let alone flip the market to a buyer's market. So I do think we're still going to be in a seller's market for the foreseeable near term future. So since, since we're talking about
1: this, I've got a question that I asked uh, Bobby and Andrea, uh, probably close to one of our first episodes. And it, it, it used to be that we talked about a balanced market being six months of inventory. And this is like three years ago that we were having this conversation. I go, it can't be six months of inventory. We can't call that a balanced market anymore. I don't think. Do you think the six months is still a balanced market or do you think realistically, like four months is going to I mean, if we have four months of inventory, some of us are going to go into crisis mode for tem- temporarily, they're going to freak out, the, the membership is going to go bonkers, if we have four months of inventory. So, so, so I know, what, what's balanced for you, do
2: you think, I know a lot of people consider six months, but I have always, always believed that four months was more of a balanced market. So I do agree with you, four months of inventory. I believe would be more accurate to be a balanced market. If we get to 6 months of inventory, I certainly Nightmare. believe that would be a buyers that would definitely be a buyers market in my yeah. Espe-
1: especially right now. I mean we uh, yeah, I completely agree. Well, Michael, this has been an awesome conversation. You've been an adequate uh, substitute co-host and guest. It's been it's been great. You're, I'm joking. Thank you. You've been more than adequate. you've been more than adequate uh but anyway i I appreciate you coming on even though bobby wasn't going to be here and putting up with me um and
2: uh it's been a pleasure